Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I wasn't there when he said it, but it is said that Benjamin Franklin made the statement, Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Amen. Now, I don't know. I don't know if that's factual, but it is a humorous statement. There's much truth to it. Amen. Praise God. I came expecting for the Lord to do wonderful things. Amen. At any point during the service. Praise God. And uh, those of you that have thought revival just, well, revival really keeps on going. Amen. But you all will be delivered here in just a few days from from this evangelist most likely. Amen. That ought to, that, see, nobody ran the aisles or nothing. My Lord, have mercy. That's a good opportunity. Praise God. You get to, amen, have the pastor back. And, and uh, But I'm excited for what the Holy Ghost is doing. I'm glad to have been a part, amen, of what the Holy Ghost is doing. Amen, amen. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And uh, we will see what the Lord will do here tonight. Amen. And I hope you came uh, ready to hear the word of the Lord. Last Tuesday night it was on hail. Boy, I don't like preaching those types of messages. And uh, I like Thursday nights a lot better on praise and I wasn't here. I had every intention to get here for Sunday night, and uh, but uh, where was where I was preaching? It just blew up there, and we didn't even get out. We started church at two for prayer, and we didn't walk out. I believe it was about a quarter to seven uh, when we got out of service, just to head to somewhere to go get something to eat. So um, it was uh, it was fun. Amen. Philippians chapter one verse ten: That ye may approve things that are excellent. Everyone say excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Turn to Psalm 150. Psalm 150, which is where we were last week. Uh, but I won't be preaching where are the piccolos again. Amen. Psalm 150 uh, and verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent. Everyone say excellent. Excellent greatness. Jesus, we ask you to help us over a little while tonight. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here, God, for your word. Lord, let it make entrance into our hearts, into our spirits, God. We love you. We praise you. Lord Jesus, you are coming again. God, we want to do right with you and for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Philippians chapter 1 says... Uh, in our text that we may approve or to test, to discern things that are excellent of great value. Psalm 150 verse 2 said to praise him for his mighty acts. And if we were talking about praise, uh, it's not even really for what he's done for us. It's just what he's done, period. Praise him for his mighty acts and then praise him according to his excellent greatness. Because he is excellent, we are to serve him with excellence. Amen. I said we're supposed to serve him with excellence. I want to be excellent for him because he's been excellent for me. I find no fault in Jesus Christ. There is nothing that he's asked me to do that is beyond any expectation. It's just a reasonable service to do what God wants me to do because he's excellent without him the scripture said i am nothing uh, i can do nothing and with him yet we know that all things are possible now second timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 which i know that this church knows full well uh, with the caliber of teaching and preaching of your pastor and that's not that's not blowing smoke or trying to earn brownie points that's just a fact Second uh, Timothy chapter two and verse fifteen says to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word study comes uh, some of the the building blocks of that word uh, comes from the word erudite. Everyone say erudite. And erudite means to come out of rudeness and crudeness. 
by studying God's Word correctly, it brings me out of a life of rudeness and crudeness. If It doesn't matter what your background is. If you will study the Word of God correctly, if we will let its excellence enter into our hearts and minds and spirits, it will take us, if I can use the term, it will give us redemptive lift from wherever we are in life and whatever our conditioning of the mind and heart has been, if we will allow God's excellence to work through study of the Word of God. Notice that we are to study God's Word to gain God's approval. Not for someone to think, wow, what a smart fellow you are uh, or how spiritual you are. My, my daughter and I had an interesting conversation last night. Uh, I don't know where she was. She didn't tell me, but she, she asked me, she said, Dad, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, uh, she said, is it, is it, is it right to just, you know, folks can just talk in tongues at will? Just, and, uh, I said, nope. That's the easy answer. She said, boy, that makes me a whole lot more comfortable. I said, yeah. I said, no, what they, what they've done is they're perverting the word of God. I said, you just, you don't just speak in tongues at will at the drop of a hat. It ought to be, your relationship with God ought to be such that it doesn't take much to get there. But you just don't turn it off and on like a faucet. Amen. Praise God. I, I get nervous with super spiritual folks that can just turn it off, off and on and, and, and all that kind of, it's really foolishness. It's spirit, if you're not careful, most of those that end in that type of practice end in spiritual deception. Because nobody's as spiritual as they are. They've not studied the Word of God. Amen. Well, praise God. I didn't know I was going to get there anyways. I can tell that I probably hit it. You know, it's, it's like being 20 miles out to sea and you hit a stump. <laughs> Amen. I hit some of you right there that you believe that or you, you, you are tolerating some of that. Uh, you better be careful. I have yet to know anybody that goes down that road that ends up spiritually sound in the long run. Say, I, I told my daughter last night, I don't know why I'm there on that, Elder. I'm just, I told her last night, I said, honey, I said, I don't have a Bible verse for that. I said, I don't have a Bible verse for the negative uh, way that I feel about that. What I have is a whole lot of examples of people that have went that route and they never end up good. But I don't have a Bible verse. I do have something that talks about balance. Amen. Many, many times you get folks that are so spiritual, they just, they just see, you know, they see devils and demons, but they always got a word for you. I don't know why I'm here. That has nothing to do with my study here tonight. They, I mean, they, they have tea with angels and, and, and devils are always around them and stuff. You, I'd run three million miles away from folks like that. I don't want to be that spiritual and I don't want to be around anybody that spiritual. The problem is, is a whole lot of them, they get stuck in spirits themselves. They can see everybody else's spirit, but theirs. Amen. Find me somebody that just knows how to be humble in the presence of God. Say, God, I just want to be used however you want to use me. But in the process, don't let me be lost. Don't let me, don't let me fail from the excellence that you're worthy of. Amen. That's all for free. So, uh, study to gain God's approval, not personal approval. Not what people think of me. Remember this, that reputation is what people think of you, but character is what God knows you to be. Amen. There, there may be some folks that go out of here with a good reputation, but God knew their character. Amen. Too many study they, to find the approval of others. Or they're too lazy to study. Too busy to study. Well, I'll just, I'll just listen to whatever the preacher says. That's, you, you need to fall in love with the Word of God yourself. So you need to fall in love with the Word. Well, I don't have time. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, y'all come back to this statement several times. But everybody in this room, you make time for the things that are important to you. I ain't got time to study. I ain't got time to pray. I don't, I wish I had, you make time for the things that are important. Everybody in this room, it don't matter how many children you have or don't have. It don't matter what type of job you have or don't have. We all make the same, we all get the same 24 hours. Amen. Romans chapter 12. 
Now, now, my subject is this, excellence versus spiritual poverty. That's, that's the subject, excellence versus spiritual poverty. What do we truly desire? Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 says, not to be slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We could make all three of those individual statements, and I'm not a grammarian, but I, they, may in, they may indeed be. And they all may be connected, which I tend to think that they are. Not slothful in business, but fervent and fervent in spirit. All, both of those things should be serving the Lord. It's impossible to be Slothful in business and serve God productively. That's an impossibility. Now, I'm not talking about a Job situation, Pastor. I mean, that's that was a test. That's a, but there's a whole lot of tests that are self. <laughs> they brought on self. It's, it's it's one thing to have the devil actually send you a test. It's another thing. Most most of our tests are not devil induced, although he gets blamed for them. whole lot of shipwrecks could have been avoided if they'd listened to the preaching. In the book of Acts, the scripture, all Paul said, I mean, they just looked at Paul, said, Paul, all you are is a preacher. You don't know nothing about the selling ships business and everything. And if they just listened to the preacher, they could have avoided a shipwreck and lost everything. So a lot of shipwrecks can be avoided. A lot of problems, a lot of tests can be avoided if we... Listen, and we're not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Everyone say fervent in spirit. Somebody that does it with everything they got. Not out of just duty. Not out of, how, what can I get by with and get this done? You serve God that way very long, you're going to end up failing. It's it's for all the marbles, as they used to say, with everything. Excellence is a spirit. Excellence is achievable right now. It's the maintenance of it that is so difficult. Everybody here can leave. We can all pray through the Holy Ghost, have a great move of God in our lives. Right now, tonight, we could all leave here ready to meet Jesus. But tomorrow's a different story. You know, that, that's why it, a lot of times preachers over the years said, man, if we could just kill them right there at the pulpit. Right when they were talking in tongues and got baptized in Jesus' name. Right then, boom, you're out of here. They made it. Hallelujah. But but the Lord won't do that. And and he's not going to force anybody. Here Here's what's available. Will you be fervent in spirit? That's a little S that's in your Bible, not a big one. Fervent in your spirit. Stir up the gift. I, I, I would always, I always want to stop folks when they're praying that because it's so out of context, but it, it just makes me laugh instead. Oh, God, stir us. Oh, God, stir us. Oh, God, stir us. And, I, of course, my mind, God's over there with this big stick. And if he really was doing that, that's called hitting people. <laughs> they, it's a misplaced context. God doesn't stir up. He said, I gave you the gift. You stir it up. How fervent of a spirit do you want with the gift I gave you? That's just what the Bible said. Proverbs 18.9 He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster or a destroyer. He that is slothful in his work. I was talking to some brethren the other day and I, I like to, I'm, I'm a painter, and I like to paint. And uh, we was talking about painting and things you look for. You know, when you're in different trades, just as a painter, when, when I walk into a building, the first place I look is, is how the ceilings and the walls touch, whether there's paint on the baseboards. And then, and then if I really want to get picky, and I read this in a, in a leadership book, I, 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 I used to read a lot of them, and um, 
and it was a it was management and all that kind of stuff. And the guy said, if I really want to know about a painting company, I find out where they painted and I go into the restrooms and look and see what their paint job's like in the restroom. Because in the restrooms is places where a lot of folks cheat. You'll find brush marks on the back of the toilet because they don't take the lid off. It won't, they won't cut in back behind there. They're, they'll get a little sloppy on the walls and all, because, because they they really don't care. Just get some paint up there and walk away. And so those that are excellent, those that desire, those that understand my name, if you don't get anything else, I say get this tonight. That my name, the work that I do is a signature of my self-worth. On everything I do. How. I want myself to be presented. What I think my value is. You can find that out. By the way I leave things and do things. How I value God's influence in my life as a Christian, you can find out quickly by the way that I value the things he gives me. How I may, because the Bible says that that person that is, that is lazy or slothful in his work is a brother to a great waster, and a waster is a destroyer. That's a type of person that they don't care. That it, 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 all, all of you understand. You know this. You've given folks a, years ago when I was pastor. I had we had we we, we tried it. It didn't last very long because it ticked me off, and so I don't take that very good. And you go give homeless people lunches, and we gave we wanted come get a lunch. So they come and got lunch. He looked at it what it was and threw it down the middle of the street. Why? Because he ain't got anything invested in it. They don't, all they want is a handout. They, there's nothing that they want to contribute. And so that's a waster. Don't have time for that. But remember, I'd never do anything like that. But if you approach your work that way, if you approach working for the things of God that way, I'll get to it. When I, when I, want, I know this isn't evangelistic preaching, but it is. It is. Um, because folks will ask, well, how, how, Brother Savala, did you get to, to where you are and what God's doing in your life? These principles right here. That they're in front of me every day. Uh, how, am I, how am I being perceived? How am I reflecting the glory of God? This translates into whether or not my car is clean. It translates into whether or not the church parking lot's picked up. It translates into everything that I do. Everything that I am, whether or not I press my clothes, whether or not, all that stuff matters. Because I, I'm going to go tell God's affected a great change in my life. God's lifted me out of the miry clay. Well, we can't tell. Well, praise God. Okay. I'm sorry, elder. This is just what I got. I really did. I, I kind of, I sort of argued with God about this, but not too much. All right. Do we, working to get by, whatever the work is. And not with all your heart is like those that waste, and they waste their time. They waste their money. They waste their talent. The book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 1, and I'm forgetting the verse, but it's there. It says, it talks about a group of people said they had their wine. This isn't in my notes, just come to mind. It said, it said that they had their wine. Your silver has become dross, and thy wine mixed with water. Well, that verse has always intrigued me because how in the world does silver become dross? That's an impossibility. I mean, that's, that's, you, can't, you can't make silver to dross. So what's the idea that he's saying? The way you spend your silver. If somebody gives you $10, do you save it? Do you, do, somebody said the quickest way to save your money is to fold it in half and put it back in your pocket. Double your money. So folks are always broke and always busted and always disgusted. And, 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 well, I love Jesus. He provides. But you're always having to beg, borrow, and steal almost. And in some cases, you just go ahead and steal. Uh, but, but, uh, but, but you have that. Why, why do they? Because they are a waster. Having the Holy Ghost. 
And studying God's word is to bring us out of all of those things. And sometimes it takes time. It takes, it takes preaching. It takes, it takes rebuking from, from a pastor. It takes, uh, many moves of God in the spirit that's stirring up the gift that is in you through your prayer fervently and saying, God, this is not the type of individual I want to be. I want to reflect you the best I can. I want to be, I want to be a people magnet for God. I don't want to, I don't want my spirit to reject people. I don't want them to look at me. I'm saying come to church and come to revival. And yet when they look at me, they think there ain't no way I want to be a part of that. I can go see that over there. I can do, do that over there. And so all of that stuff has has implications for whether or not we're going to be effective for God. And, and choose excellence or spiritual poverty. Proverbs 20 and verse 11 says even a child is known by his doings. So even all the children here whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Some of the greatest lessons that I learned early in life, and I'm so glad. I'm glad that I was abused in some ways, not because I liked it, because it taught me some lessons that I probably wouldn't have learned otherwise. I'm glad for some of the lessons that I got. My mom would, my mom would go, uh, she, would, she would take care of elderly folks and do like home care stuff. And so she would take us kids with her and uh, went to one job. And this old guy uh, had me out in the yard with him. And uh, back then, I mean, they, they just, we got a bunch of pansies today. Not, none, in, none here, just throughout the United States. Uh, and, and so they, they would talk to boys and, and young men. They would, they would be rude. Men would be rude to them. Uh, because that's that was the generation they were raised in, and so uh, they said, "Hey, boy, go get this over here." And there wasn't a whole lot of please, thank you, and, and kindness. And I know you get the Holy Ghost come out of rudeness and crudeness, but but um, some some never mind. I ain't got time to qualify everything. So so I was working with the fella, and the guy uh, he sent me to go get something, and he said, "Hey, boy," he said, "You're going back empty-handed. Is there anything that we're done with here you can take back?" Because I hadn't been trained to look around. He said, we ain't done with that hoe right there. Pick that up. Never go back somewhere empty handed. Well, that was a mean lesson. Boy, it was a rude one. I could have got mad, Brother Jaheen. But you know what I do now? That was 30 years ago or longer. There's not too many times I go anywhere empty handed. What else can I do on the way back there? And once you gain weight like this, it's what else can I do while I'm down there? <laughs> There's more honesty in that than there's humor. I'm just telling you right now. But all that is part of excellence. What can I accomplish with the time that I have? Rather than making a whole bunch of trips. Rather than... What, what can I accomplish, God, while I'm here in prayer rather than just going through a few motions? See, it translates. What I do in the natural, what I do in the natural is almost always, in almost always every circumstance, a direct mirror image of how my spiritual life is. You get somebody that's got clutter all the time in their life on the outside, it's almost guaranteed their spiritual inner man is always in turmoil. Always has something going on. Some type of drama. No, hardly ever any peace. People that are distracted and disorganized. And every one of us go through some of those times because life overwhelms. There's a lot of issues that come. But if you, if that's where you live, then you have to examine whether you're trying to live a life of excellence for God or spiritual poverty. Because spiritual poverty is one that just exists. It just tries to survive. If I could, I just want to make heaven my home. Oh God, I just want to make heaven my home. I just, and everybody around you knows that's not the way God intended for folks to be lived. And, and it makes an impact on our children as they are raised because even children are known by their doings, whether you can count on them. At an early age, whether they keep their word. 
And some, man, I don't know why I'm preaching like this. Whether or not, you know, sometimes parents shield their kids from way too much. That's one thing that I, was, I liked about public school for my daughter. I know it was warped and messed up. But every once in a while, she got beat up at school. A little girl would hit on her or something like that. Not like try to kiss her. I mean hit her. And a couple times she came home. And I said, that's good for you. Take it. Well, I know some parents say, nobody's going to do that to my kid. I had one situation. Had a teacher. She was dead wrong. Dead wrong. And I knew she was wrong. I could take you to the Walmart parking lot. Where we're. That's the second time I've talked about Walmart parking lots. God talks to me at Walmart parking lots for some reason. <laughs> we just parked in a Walmart parking lot. My, my, my daughter told, my wife told me the situation. She knew about it. And I looked at my daughter. I said, I'm going to talk to that teacher tomorrow. I'm going to set her straight. Yes, I'm, don't you worry about it. I got out of the van. The Lord said, you're going to keep your mouth shut. Let your daughter take it. So I told her, um, Cass, uh, dad's not going to say nothing. Because you're going to grow up, and as you grow up, there's going to be a whole lot of situations that happens in adulthood where ain't nobody going to take your side, and you're just going to have to take it and love Jesus. And What's funny about that is there has been several times over the last several years since she's been on her own. Dad, you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. You're going to jump in and defend your children all the time. You're going to be in trouble. You're not going to, they're not going to learn excellence. They're not going to learn how to take life's hard knocks and still be right with God. Well, hallelujah. Boy, that's good. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm, that was such good teaching and preaching. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Well, I feel better. All right. What is the spirit of poverty? What is it? Spirit of poverty, number one, does not want to, does not want responsibility. They're very good with excuses. They can, there, there's all kinds of reasons why they can't, wouldn't, shouldn't, couldn't. Everybody comes up with them. They're unthankful. They procrastinate. Always putting it off. You ever met folks, and there's nobody here. I'm, so that's why I'm not certain why I'm preaching this here. But this is not about anybody that's here. This is for everybody listening online. <laughs> anybody ever met Procrastinators? Always putting stuff off to the, and they actually think they do it better when they put it off. I mean, they'll even give you that excuse. Oh, I'm best under pressure. You're a nut. Well, I, well, I can really, mm, when the pressure's on. Yeah, sure. And then you wonder why this part doesn't work over here, and that's not going right over there, and this over here, and you ain't got time for this, ain't got time for that. And, and procrastinators, it's a spirit of poverty. They don't discipline themselves or their time. Praise God. They're always late. And they got good excuses. It's always the wife's fault, the kid's fault. No, <laughs> I don't know why I'm preaching, teaching this. Good Lord, have mercy. But it's what I got. Uh, So, again, this is probably why God has never called me to pastor again. Um, So, of course, I've done this with my own family. Here's what time we're leaving. If you ain't ready, we're moving. That only has to happen once or twice. And folks figure out you're serious. Because it's always the same people that's late all the time. One time we had had a church service. You know, we had, we had, uh, we had about, we had finally got to the place where I had about six men in the church. Man, it was so cool. I remember it was a Sunday. I was, I was, I was praying in the office. I was getting ready to go out, and I heard the men praying. And there's nothing when you when you're starting something, and it's been you by yourself. When you, some of the first times you hear that, it so touches you. I sat, I sat back down in the office, and I remember just crying. Because I remembered what it was like just hearing myself and my wife. And I just sat there and wept. And then I got up and I, and I walked out and I peeked in and I noticed that it was all the same folks. And I realized I got about, about 20 folks that they're going to come and they're always late. They're going to come in 
5, 10, 15 minutes into church service. All got good reasons, they think. I said, and these folks have been here. Some of them got there 30 minutes or longer before church. We're going to have service. So I backed back out of the door. I called Pizza Hut. I said, in about 15 minutes, we're going to have about 20 folks come in. And I ordered a pizza. And then I went into the service. And I told my wife, I said, one song, make it fast. She started singing. Man, we had high church for about three minutes. I got up, took the offering real quick. Let's all give the Lord. I said, we're going to preach. And I quoted Acts 2.38. We are five, maybe ten minutes into the service. I said, all right, everybody that's here, head to Pizza Hut. Don't talk to nobody or nothing. Just head to Pizza Hut. We'll see you there. People's walking out. Here comes the late crew, the chronic. They come walking in. Hey, Pastor, why are you starting church late? Oh, no, man, we're done. Well, man, God moved today. We had a great service. Praise God. Hallelujah. We all loaded up, left. I locked the doors. Had my cell phone, but I didn't answer because I knew what was coming. I don't know how many phone calls I had. Uh, Pastor, was there no church today? Uh, nobody's here. Where, where'd everybody go? It wasn't a rapture either. So. Cause y'all are glad right now. I'm just, you know what? I wanted to reward God's people that are faithful. I said, there, there's sometimes God just wants to reward those that are faithful. They ain't looking for reasons to be late all the time. They're on time. Because late procrastination and lateness is a habit. Of poverty. Watch those that live in poverty. They always expect everybody to turn the schedule for them. To accommodate their desires. Excellence is there whenever. Well, praise God. Okay, it's going over like a flock of dogs in a bathtub. But Unstable. They can't be counted on. They're selfish. This is the spirit of poverty. What's in it for me? They do things based on personal recognition. I'll be involved as long as, rather than this is just for the goal. It's just for the greater good. It's, it's not even about my family. It's not about my recognition. It's, not, it's just because I want to be a part of something that's excellent and bigger than I am. They're casual in their manner of living. <clears throat> Often translates to their dress. Their comfort is above everything else. Those in spiritual poverty. They're unteachable. Proverbs 26 and 16 says it this way. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. That, that verse every time I read it just makes me laugh. They're wiser than seven men. The, the sluggard, the lazy, the person that's in spiritual poverty. While seven men are giving them good, honest reasons for here's the reason why this is. They're wiser than all seven of them. Now, you could translate that this way. Anybody met anybody that's never done anything, but they got all the answers about how it's supposed to be done? Here, If it was me, this is what I'd do. And you haven't ever done anything. Not talking about anybody here in this room. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor said, this is for the, the, the online crew. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just kidding, online crew. Unless, of course, if the shoe fits, get the pair. <laughs> the godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked, the wicked lead them astray. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all of thy might. All thy might. Everything I got. Spiritual poverty can be seen when God answers prayer and the answers are not protected. Spiritual poverty can be seen, Pastor, when God answers prayers and they're not protected. 
they're not embraced. They're not, this, that's an answer to prayer. I'm not going to let anything tarnish that. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of that. The greatest answer to prayer is the Holy Ghost. And how many times do you see spiritual poverty? Just about things are about to take root. The cares of life rise up, start choking it. Things begin to, and all of a sudden that promise, that answer is relegated to some back 40 somewhere. The spirit of poverty, I'm going to say that again, the spirit of poverty can be seen when God answers prayers and they're not protected. When God gives you, God, I, man, I, I, I'll do this if you'll give me this. And God says, here it is. What will you do with it now? Will you protect it? Boy, God, if you'll heal me, I'll do this. And God does it. Will you protect it? And so the excellent spirit, somebody said the way that you get excellent is the gradual result of always trying to do better. It's what excellence is. The gradual result of whatever my hand finds to do, I'm going to do it better than I did it the day before. I'm going to build on it. I want it to look nice. Why? Because everything I am, everything I do reflects the excellence of God. Everything matters to God. The respect of time, both your time and the time of others. Your work ethic. Honoring your word. It's a phrase that's long gone, but I do remember hearing it when I was a kid. You don't hardly ever hear it anymore, but that man or person is a man of their word. If you shake on it, if they tell you, I'm going to be there. You know why folks will do this? This, this is foolishness of... So, well, now, now I understand the Bible says the Lord willing. We are to say that. I practice that and do that. But there's a whole lot of that. For instance, hey, we're going to be doing this over here at the church. Or, or you talk to somebody that they just got the Holy Ghost, God's moving on. Well, you know, if the Lord wants me to, I can promise you the Lord wants you to be in church. That's not the Lord willing anything. You don't have to go the Lord willing or, you know, well, or they'll give you this. It sounds good, but it's a cop out. Well, preacher, you, we'll get this a lot, elder. You know, they'll, well, you know, I don't want to commit to something that, you know, that rather than just saying, no, I ain't going to do it. Because that's really what that means. Now, not everybody's like me. I'll call them on it. Somebody does that to me. Well, I, I don't want to, you just don't want to do it, right? So, well, well, that's rude. No, I'm just, I don't like to be lied to. Because if you really want to do something, you'll say, I'll be there. And if something really came up, I'm not going to text to get out of it and wait till 10 minutes past the date. Well, praise God. So excellence, excellence is accountability. Spiritual poverty is always trying to find the easy way out. Now, this generation, young generation, you got to deal with that a whole lot more than, than we do in some ways. Because you're being raised with technology. It gives you a lot of options to get out of personal responsibility. And so everything matters with excellence. Honoring your word. Financial responsibility with little or much. Had a fella ask me one time. He, he didn't have much. He wasn't paying. He, he wasn't making much. And he said, Pastor, I want to give more tithes and offering. Boy, God's been, I, I want to be faithful. And I said, good, we're going to pray. God gives you a better job. And God did. And he started, started giving more. And then this is true. After about a year or so, he came back. He said, Pastor, is there any way that I can get out of, you know, that this is a lot of tithes that I'm giving? I said, sure. There's a way you can get out of it. Really? I said, yeah. I said, well, ask God to take you back down the income you were making a year ago because that one was easy. Oh, oh, oh. 
Being, being faithful with our bills. What would happen? What would happen if we had to face the people that we were supposed to pay our bills to in our own communities? How many of you remember when you used to bounce checks in some communities, and they'd post the people that bounced the check? They'd post it on boards in the in the. Oh man, that'd be wonderful today. So, boy, I'd embarrass folks. Yeah, that was the purpose. My dad, my dad was a scoundrel. I got, I got the, I got the newspaper article. I got, it, I found, I found copies on my dad. He was, he was arrested several times. And one of them, uh, long before he, he met my mom, probably ten, fifteen years, uh, he was written up in the paper twice for kiting checks, bouncing them. They, and they wrote them up in the paper and all that kind of stuff. I thought, man, that's cool. Now, I mean, that's not cool that my dad was known for that, but, but. In his case, it didn't work a whole lot because he just kept doing it. But he was somebody that was trapped in spiritual poverty. He could have gotten out. He could have gotten out. But he decided that the work of excellence was too hard. And so he died lost. And he died without a testimony to the glory of God. They are courteous. The excellent spirit is courteous and thankful. And they are sincere about it. David placed value on one sheep. One. Just one. And defended it. Because of that, God knew he could trust David with the whole flock of Israel. Well, nobody will see it. Nobody understands. Nobody. I I have the story somewhere in, in my notes. I've got a lot of notes on all this stuff. And. But the Statue of Liberty that was built by the fella in France, if you fly over the top of it, they say that it was totally, it was totally completed. He, he didn't, when they were refinishing it, they were impressed at the craftsmanship behind the crown. Nobody could see that. Nobody gets up that high. But the man took such pride in his work how would, what, what would happen if we did that with the things of God? That no one else could see it, but God, this is for you. This is why the scripture said, the apostle Paul said many times, you notice, have you ever noticed this, this is, it, it's been, it's something's really stuck out to me. There is no direct word on how to be a soul winner throughout the scriptures there is none there's no we come up with with stuff out of the script but there is none their greatest the two greatest recipes for soul winning in the scripture was one being a martyr because that attracted people that said this guy's willing to die this person's willing to die we, we want whatever that is that's strong the other was their personal conduct in the community he said, if you're a slave, you don't work towards to please that man. You work as if you're pleasing God. So much for my rights and benefits and all of those things. If you, whatever you're doing, you're doing it under, he's excellent. He gave me the health to even be able to work. He's given me the mind to be able to do so. So God, everything that I'm doing is not for my benefit. It's not even to increase my pocketbook. It's to glorify you. Proverbs 22 and 20. Have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. I'm giving you wisdom. Giving young people wisdom. Learn, learn how to work hard unto the Lord. When nobody's looking. When nobody's watching. Not just speed. Not just to get through something. But understanding it's a reflection upon me. And more importantly it's a reflection upon God. I want to be a soul winner. Be a soul winner that way. Not so much with what I say. But the actions that I live. 
Luke 12 and 48. For unto whosoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of whom they will ask the more. The tired are always getting more things to do. Somebody said it this way. Ask a tired person to do something because they'll do it. I'm not talking about the lazy, tired person. But you find somebody that's busy. Look at when Jesus called disciples. He wasn't called. The only man that was sitting was a tax collector. (laughs) That's his job, collecting money. You get to sit down for that. Everybody else was working, cleaning nets, doing something. They're, 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 They're involved. They're busy. Somebody said, what are you doing? And they said, Nothing. It's hard to do nothing because you never know when you're finished. <laughs> Folks that are bored. You know, most of the stuff that everybody's doing on their phone is because they're bored. Then they, and, and if you ask them throughout the day, well, I don't have time. Well, how much time have you spent doing that? Why you was bored? Elder, I'm, I, I'd apologize, but I'm really not that sorry. It's all I got. First Corinthians twelve thirty one. I show unto you a more excellent way, folks. That were so they were so enamored with the gifts of the Spirit, and he said, "Covet those." But I want to show you something more excellent. It's not degrade, denigrating those things over there. Those are important. We need those things. But there are folks that boy, that's, I want to walk in the Spirit. I get that every once in a while because God uses me in certain ways. I get, I get folks, and as soon as they ask me the question, I know most of them are sincere, but there's some, some you know that they're, that's what they want to do. They want to go read everybody's mail. They want to go, and, 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 but they don't want to do anything of what I'm talking about right now. And it's this that produces the other. It's just walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost and saying, God, whatever I do, I want to do it excellently unto you. And if you want to use me in this stuff over here every once in a while, fine. But I'm not chasing after it to try and get something. Help me to perfect the excellency of love. Because if I can grab a hold of that, then you'll use whatever this stuff is over here for some other situation. But don't let me get trapped over in this. Because I'll self-destruct, which is what most of them do. And it's why some preachers, they almost throw out the gifts of the Spirit. And they look, and they, and they look askance at it because, because they see so many folks that they pursue a gift rather than work. Or that'll preach. The scripture said the more excellent way is love. And true love is work. I love something. And so therefore I'm willing to work at it. To make it last. I'm not looking for a momentary thrill. Or to be used for just a few moments time. And then go off and do my own thing. Or just have some exercise some power. But God help me to love the things you love. And hate the things you hate. And help me God to love the people of God. And help me to love the world. uh, In an excellent way. uh, That God I can be everything you want me to be. In life. uh, In the life of God. uh, And in this regular secular life. If I can use those terms. Instead of walking into work complaining and joining their complaints. Yeah, we need a better box. Yeah, we need that. Why we need it? Instead of joining all that saying, you know what? Man, I know things are bad, but you know, they're going to they're get better. I've really been praying for, for our boss. I've really been praying for. How can you pray for them? They did this. I know they did that. But man, they're, they, they got this going on. They probably got other things going on in their life just like we do. And so. I got to get done. Today, much is made of leaders. Everybody wants to lead. There's a Chinese proverb that says, if, if you claim to be a leader and have, find you have no followers, you're just going for a walk. Some some don't want to lead, but nor do they want to follow. They just want to live in spiritual poverty. 
whatever handout comes by. God is looking for servants that will serve him with excellence. When people serve God with excellence, it is attractive. It's like a magnet. I there there are times, and I got this isn't original with me. Do you remember Brother Denver Stanford? He used to preach a message called "I'm I am a Soul Winner," and in that he used and I heard he's the first one I ever heard use it, and it was twenty something years ago. It made such an impression on me that that to this day I I think of it, and I'm going to use it right now. He said he said I want you to think of yourself as a magnet for God. He said, and magnets. If you get a magnet that only is only good every once in a while, that's not a good magnet. You won't use it. A magnet is something that it don't matter where you put it. It's a magnet. It's going to attract things. So I want to be a magnet for God. I want to be excellent wherever I am. Boom. Things get attracted to me. Not because of me. It's because of the power that's in me. It's the source that's in me. It's the excellence that says, God, whatever you, whatever you're doing, I want to be a part of. And I want it to attract other people to, it's not going to attract everybody, but there's going to be some people that are going to be attracted to it. So excellence is positive. It's prayerful. It's passionate. It's attractive. It smiles. It's happy. If people look at you and, and they always have to wonder if you're mad or, or sad, I'm serious, practice in the mirror. Go home and practice smiling. Force yourself. Now, part of that, I'm telling you, that's the truth. I had to do that. You know why? Because my grill is messed up. See that right there? I used to get teased so much about them teeth. You know, I can get a whole, I can get spaghetti through there all by itself and scrape off all the, all the sauce right there on both teeth. I have my nose when I, when I, when I really smile, it swells up. It's already big. When I was a kid, they used to tell me, Hey, Joey, your nose is like butter. Really? Yeah. It spreads across your had one guy, I, I was at ACE school, and, and, and they was, they was all standing at the scoreboard, it was before school, and they was looking at a, at a, at a, at a encyclopedia. And they said, hey, I come into class, they said, hey, Joey, come here, I want to show you something, we found your brother. I said, yeah, and under Aborigine, there was this guy's picture. Big old nose with an arrow through it. So I was self-conscious. I didn't want to smile for pictures because my teeth are all messed up and, and all that. So I, I understand. But I had to say, you know what, God? You made me. And, and maybe someday we'll get it all fixed. Probably not. So this is just what I got to work with. And I'm going to be happy. I don't want folks going, man, are you depressed? What's wrong? And, and hey, how you doing? Well, praise God. See, I'm using a personal example. I know what it's like. I want to be intelligent. I want folks to know that I have gravitas. You don't even know how to spell gravitas. I want them to know how I'm serious. I'm a, I'm a word man. I almost said you're a moron, but I didn't say that. Great souls have wheels. Feeble ones only have wishes. People that grab a hold of something and say, this is what I am going to do. Some people live in the land of I want to and I wish and I hope. And nothing gets done. I heard Sister Riggin make the statement the other day. I thought it was, I thought it was a neat statement. I, I really liked it. I know she, she meant it. She said, don't ever tell an American that they can't. And because we're going to find some way. And, and I, I met a lot of Americans that, that they say you can't and they don't. And a lot of church folks that way. But I like the sentiment of what she said because she, she, she lives that. And, and Pastor Riggett, they live that. You can't do that. Well, okay, we're going to find a way to do it. 
We're going to do something for God. Well, that's not the way you're supposed to do. Okay, well, then while we're finding something out and you're just over there picking your nose and you can't find to do anything, we're going to do something for God. We're going to do something for life. Amen. Some folks say, well, how come David picked up five stones? If he had any faith, he'd only picked up one and they can't find any. Because excellence says, I'm going to be prepared. That we may approve, our opening text said that we may approve what is excellent. What is it that you have in your life? You say, well, well, this isn't really evangelistic because, I mean, you're not screaming and probably not going to have tongues interpretation or healing or anybody get the Holy Ghost or anything. No, but this is stuff that will help you keep it. In many respects, all I'm doing is echoing stuff. Now, it's a different way because I'm not Pastor Riggin, but I'm echoing things that Pastor has already taught. Just a different voice. What will you do with it? How long will you stay with excuses? Well, I, I was raised bad. Don't, don't, don't let how you was raised dictate your future. It don't matter if it's a brutal lesson. Learn from it and be better for it. My first, when I first came back to the Lord, it was like God let me go through some things of dishonesty, of people in the church being dishonesty to me to see if I would survive. Had a guy rip me off with a van. Had another guy I worked for for a month and a half, never did give me a paycheck. He was always going to pay me next service. He had plenty of gas in his car and all kinds of stuff. He got paid somewhere. He just didn't have enough for me. He was one. Now, pastor didn't know this, but he was one of the main guys of the church. I never went to the pastor and complained. I never said anything. I took it. I got bad. I prayed my spirit through. Both of those men ended up. One of them ended up lost. The other one ended up, because see, it wasn't just me he was cheating. He was cheating the IRS. And the IRS didn't have nearly as much mercy as I did, trying to keep my heart right, trying to keep an excellent spirit. Not to brag about it. That's been 26 years ago. But God, I want to serve you above everything. And your work, you're allowing me to go through some of this stuff to work things out of me. That it's going to come up again in the future. And if I can get victory over it right now, I can keep an excellent, excellent. Was it not said of Joseph? Joseph. And also uh, Daniel, I believe. Excellent spirits. In slavery. One of them possibly made a eunuch. Daniel. That's not voluntarily either. Every right to be bitter, to be angry, to want to get back. And yet he rose to a place of prominence. Why? Because I'm going to be excellent for God. But he's not been excellent for you. Oh, yeah, he still gave me a heritage. The people took this other stuff away from me. But God's still been excellent for me. And so wherever I am, I'm going to thrive in excellence. And I'm going to be what God wants me to be. The Lord is rich to all that call upon him, Romans 10 and 12. James 2 and 5, and I'm ending. Thank you for your patience. For whoever this is for, God bless you. I hope you got it. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them? That love him. Poor in the world. But God. I'm rich in faith. And that word faith really means obedience. So because I'm rich in obedience. I'm able to thrive. In excellence. In everything that I do. Everything that I say. Everywhere that I go. Jesus we love you. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for your great people here tonight. God, in their patience 
with the delivery of the word of the Lord and certainly the word of the Lord. God, I've done my best to represent your word to your people, God, for this day, for this time. God, I'm asking, Lord, that your word and spirit, Lord, will have made entrance, that it will have challenged those, God, that needed to be challenged. That, God, not just to challenge them for the moment, but that the words would echo in their spirits and hearts. God, to begin to develop habits of excellence wherever it starts, God, whether it starts in small places or big places, that, God, there would come something to their spirits that they want to be excellent for you because you've been excellent for them. And those, God, that's already walking in these things, that, God, it would be an encouragement to continue. God, not to grow slack for the days growing short, the hours almost gone. We love you. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for your promises. God, help us, help us, God, to be witnesses, not just in word, but in deed. God, to be magnets that draw people to us, that do not repel, but rather draw. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word, your power, your patience in our lives, your holiness. We give you the praise in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you lift your hands as pastor gets ready to come right where you are? Let's thank the Lord for his goodness for his word, for his promises, power. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us, oh God, to prove, God, excellent things, excellent things in our walk with you. 